Our daughter Gemma is in year 12, and every year 12 student knows that pretty much every week someone is going to ask you the question, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do next year? What, what's the career you've chosen? How many know what I'm talking about right now? It's okay to ask that question. It means you care. When I was in school, I went through phases. Like many of you, I'm sure, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a farmer like my dad. Uh, then I wanted to be a vet until I realized I couldn't stand blood and guts. Uh, then, of course, I wanted to be an AFL star, and I like to say that I laid that down for the call of God. I moved to Queensland, uh, wanted to be an NRL star, and actually, the way the Broncos are going, I could probably pray for, play for them right now, I reckon. Uh, Eventually, I realized I was good at talking, so maybe I could become a lawyer, just like they were on TV, because uh, I, I liked arguing, and then I eventually studied business, and I've still been, over the years, working out what it is I want to do with my life and when I grow up. And although we're not in year 12, many of us today, the question that not necessarily people are asking us, but that we ask ourselves is, what is it that I'm going to do with my life? What is it that God's put me on this planet for? It's a, a question that doesn't go away. It's hardwired into your heart and into my heart that I'm call, I've got a purpose, something greater that I'm here for. I'm not just an accident. It's, a, it's the question that humanity has faced for, since we were created. One of the most loved verses in the Bible is in Romans 8.28. And if you've been a Christian for a while, you've probably heard it. It goes something like this. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. And uh, maybe you've said that at some point when something, was t something bad happened. You're like, oh, all things work together for good. Uh, there, there's a saying going around that some Christians express that, oh, it's all good. But we're like, no, it's not all good. Uh, lots of things are actually bad. But God takes them and he causes them to work together for good. But we shouldn't stop at that moment of the verse because the verse keeps going. It keeps going on. It says, he causes them to work together for good for those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Who have been called according to his purpose. And today I want to speak about calling. I want to speak about the calling that God has for you. The calling that God has for me, the calling that God has for every one of you in Melbourne watching right now in your homes and we're thinking of you and praying for you. The calling that God has for every human being. I'm not sure when you hear the expression called or calling, what do you think of? Maybe you're a little older like me and you think of Lionel Richie and I just called to say I love you. I don't know. Can anyone remember that? Who, who's with me? I just called to say, okay. Maybe if you're a bit more younger, you're thinking Adele. Hello. You know, is it me? That, 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 maybe that's what you're rethinking of or remembering when we talk about calling. When I was uh, dating Danielle for two months and we were starting to get serious, I, moved, I went to Victoria back to the farm where I grew up. And it was a, okay, are we going to pursue this relationship? It was a few days of praying, and I told her, I won't call. I, just, I won't call. I'll just go down there, and I'll pray, and, and I'll, you know, I didn't tell her, but we knew. It was an unspoken thing. We knew this was the make or break few days. And about a day and a half in, it just settled on me as I prayed. This is, this is good. Keep going, son. Just have a shot. And so, although I'd said I wouldn't call, I called her. And in the calling, 
It was. It was like, you know, Lionel Richie came alive in my heart in that moment. I just called to say, I love you. And it was the, it was the beginning of, or the continuation of our journey together, a calling, a calling. A, and you, you might be here today, I want to tell you that God's calling you. He, he, the Bible tells us He knocks on the door of our heart. He's ringing. He's, he's, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants your attention. He, in fact, He uses many different ways to get our attention. It can be friends, it can be circumstances, it can be crises, all sorts of things because God's ringing. He's trying to get your attention because He loves you. God's call, God's call. If you've been around a Pentecostal church like this for a while, sometimes we can get this sort of thought that the call of God is just for the special ones. That the call of God is for those who are chosen to be a pastor or those who are chosen to be a missionary or those who are chosen to be an evangelist. But that's, that's not what the call of God is all about. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that every one of us have a calling that all of us have been called according to his purpose. Uh, the Greek word for called is kaleo. It's almost called. And it literally is mentioned in the New Testament 100 times. And it's talking about God's assignment for your life, his, his purpose for our life, for his mission that you are created for. It's the, it's the reason he called you. The Latin word is uh, vocation. That's, that's what we get the idea of a vocation from. But over, over the years, that idea of vocation has changed to, to not be the overall call of God for you, but a career. And I want us to be really clear today that your calling is not your career. It may or may not match up with your career. There may be aspects of an overlap of your call and your career uh, when they work together. It's awesome if you can get paid for your calling or for a portion of your calling, absolutely. But the majority of us, our calling, uh, the, our career is just one aspect of the call of God for our life. Our calling is far more encompassing. If you make the mistake of thinking that my calling is my career, then you'll retire and have no purpose to your life. And you'll wonder, well, there we go, I got the gold watch, I got the paycheck, I've, I can now uh, uh, pull down on my super, but the sense of meaning is gone. That's because your career is not your calling. Your calling will go on uh, until you go to be with Jesus. It's your calling. So over the next six weeks, we're going to look at this topic of calling. We're going to talk about what, it, what the call of God means for you and for me. And as I said earlier, for many people, this, this series is going to be a game changer. We're going to discuss it in our small groups. Many of our almost 40 small groups online, Melbourne, Sunshine Coast, are going to be working through the, the book that Rick Warren's written. Uh, it used to be called My Purpose Driven Life. Now it's called What on Earth Am I Here For? Many people will read it, will discuss it, and we're going to dive deep into this topic because when you discover the call that God has for your life, this sense of hope and purpose uh, really floods through everything you do. Your heart comes alive. We're going to look at five specific dimensions of what your calling is, five different areas, like a diamond with five different facets of God's call on your life, and how can you discover your calling, which is an unfolding calling, phase by phase, step by step. 
And today we're going to introduce the subject. We're going to, I'm going to summarize the hundred verses about your calling in about eight points. So we'll see how we go. We might get through five or six. That's, so, so we'll give it a shot this morning. The, the more enthusiastic we are, the faster I'll go. All right, here we go. So let's, let's look into the Word of God about my calling and what the Bible says about it. The very first thing the Bible tells us is that my calling is a gift from God. My calling is a gift from God. I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. I don't work for it. I don't bargain for it. I don't barter for it. It's just a flat-out gift of God's grace. It's His present to me. When He created me, when He created you, there was a call and a purpose that He created you for. Galatians 1 says it like this, God, by His grace through Christ, has called you to become His people. So what's grace? Grace. Grace is an undeserved kindness. Grace is when God gives me what I need, but not what I deserve. My salvation that I receive, a a relationship with God, it's it's grace. I couldn't earn it. Grace is the fact that no matter how many dumb mistakes you and I make, God still chose to create us. He knew we'd make them. He knew all the times that I would disobey disobey Him, turn my back on Him, yet He still chose to create me. That's the grace of God. Your calling as a gift from God is triggered, it's activated at the moment of your salvation. So when you are formed in your mother's womb, before you were formed, God had a purpose for your life. He had a calling for your life. And it was like hanging over your life and and in suspension until the moment of your salvation. And in the moment of salvation, your calling began to be activated. Uh, In 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of His own purpose and grace. Remember that my calling, number one, is a gift from God. Number two, I am called for God's purpose. All right, God's purpose, not my purpose, not my plan, not my dream. But I'm called for God's purpose. You see, God didn't make me to live out my own selfish uh, ideas of what would make me happy. He didn't create me to, to look within myself to discover my dream. I mean, it's a lot of pressure to look within yourself to discover your dream. It changes every day. So when you realize it's not me who has to work out my own purpose according to what's in me, but it's actually I've just got to surrender and submit to God and discover His purpose, everything changes. I was made by God, and I was made for God. You were made by God with a purpose, and you were made for God. When you understand that, uh, the boredom changes. The frustration will change, because my purpose is created by God and for Him. Uh, The Bible tells us this, that I was created in Christ as a uh, where are we? In Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Created in, this is my salvation. I'm created in Christ for good works. I love this thought. Uh, that, that word workmanship, the Greek word is poema. It's where we get the word poem from. Some, some Bible verses use the word, you are his craftsmanship. Some say you are his masterpiece. Uh, I, I love this. You're God's masterpiece created in Jesus Christ. He, he didn't, you're not junk. 
doesn't matter what someone's told you, what someone's labeled you, what someone said over you. You, you are his masterpiece. See, Jesus didn't, doesn't die for junk. He, he died for you because you're his masterpiece. The Holy Spirit doesn't live inside junk. He lives inside the masterful creations of Jesus Christ. When Jesus went to the cross and laid down his life, he's saying, this is how valuable you are. You are worth me giving my life for. And it doesn't matter what anybody's told you, you're value is not from your past, your experiences, what you do, what people say about you. Your value comes from the fact that you're created by God and for God. You are created by God. You're you're created, uh, called for God's purpose. So I want you to understand this. Therefore, if I'm called for God's purpose, the way that I'm going to discover my purpose in life is a moment of surrender. Because that's the big wrestle all of us go with. Is it my will my dream, my ideas, or is it God's purpose and God's will? And I, I'm, I was very blessed that from a young age, my parents raised me with this sense of, of laying down your life for God's purpose, for destiny, for there's something in your life. They deposited me a, a great sense of purpose for my life and a call uh, in my life. And as your pastor, I want to give you a, an overwhelming sense of call. I want you to have an overwhelming sense that your life matters, that it's significant, that it's purposeful. But then what goes with that, and I had many experiences like this as a child and as a teenager and as a young adult, many moments of standing on an altar call or or just in my own room with God or in moments with God saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm surrendering my heart to you for your purpose. I'm surrendering my life to you for your call for my life. Not for my call, but for your purpose for my life. My heart's starting to get drawn to this, but I'm laying it down. If that's your will, I'm okay with it, but I'm laying it down for you. When Danielle and I were newly married, I know we tell this story a lot because it's an important part of our own journey. Uh, we were in a conference where the pastor, the preacher, challenged us to sign the bottom of a, of a, a blank piece of paper as a contract with God, just a, a metaphorical, imaginary. And we stood with tears in our eyes, signing together now, not just individually, but together, a blank contract saying, God, you can fill in the pieces whatever you want for my life. And I'm wondering this morning if uh, the very first thing for us to realize is if I'm going to live a life of meaning and purpose, I have to surrender. I have to lay down my will. I, I love this. I was taught this 20 years ago, and I believe it, and I've owned it as my own now and pretended that I came up with it, but it was somebody else who came up with it. And this is it. God doesn't just fulfill your dreams. He exceeds your dreams. He's not just trying to fulfill your heart's desire. He's got this greater purpose that will be even more fulfilling than your heart's desire. And the sooner we can surrender and step into that, the greater it will be. That's number two. Are we doing all right here this morning? My calling is a gift from God, and I'm called for God's purpose. Here's number three. God chose my calling before I was born. Before you were born, let's look at some scriptures like this, Galatians 1.15. Paul says, it pleased God and his kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. What undeserved mercy. This is awesome. Jeremiah 1.5, before I shaped you or before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. 
God had holy plans for you and for me. And that's why every one of us, we have this, I call it hardwired into our soul and psyche, that there's got to be more to life than what I am. That's because God's got holy plans for you. Uh, Isaiah 44 verse 2, I am your creator. You are in my care even before you were born. I love this. I, I love this thought that God, before the earth was formed, God just sat there and he thought, all right, uh, Kelly, I'm going to create her for this purpose, for this calling. I'm going to give her these abilities and this personality and I'm going I'm to shape her all together. I'm going to place her in that family and, and she's got this significant call for her life. And he had, it, he had it ready and it's just been like a thought bubble hanging over her head until... One day, uh, early in your early 20s, Kelly, you came to our church and, and met Jesus. Uh, you're a, you, you had purpose inside you because you were a crazy greenie going on in those days trying to change the world. You, so you had a sense of, of calling, but then you came in and you discovered that sense of calling that I had. Uh, it, was, it was partly what God put in there, but when you got born again. Then you began to move towards the calling of God. You might say, well, hang on a minute. I was, I was unplanned. I was an accident. Uh, my parents told me for years that I was an accident. I want to tell you this today, that it's possible to have accidental parents, yes, but accidental babies, no. It's possible to have unplanned pregnancies, yes, but there are no unplanned babies because God, before creation... He planned for you. He formed you. He, he, he had uh, plans for you. When you realize that, God chose me before I was born. That's such a great thought. His calling has been there. It's time for us to step into that calling today. Number four, my sins and my mistakes don't change my call. Oh, now this is good news. I'm so glad for this one. Come on, who, who's, who's made some mistakes and sinned at some point in your life and you're so glad it doesn't cancel out your call? Come on, somebody in the chat today, just, just nominate your spouse and say, they certainly need some grace from God today. You know what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter how messed up your life has been. It doesn't matter whether you messed it up or somebody else messed it up. It doesn't matter what dumb decisions that you've made in the past. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, the, the mistakes that you've made. It does not change God's call for your life. It doesn't change it. I love this. No, no matter how many you've done. You think about this. The apostle Paul, before he got saved, was a terrorist. Literally. He would go from house to house, dragging people out of their homes, uh, torturing, abusing, and taking them to be thrown in prison and in gladiator circumstances for as martyrs, okay? This, so if anyone's like, yeah, buddy, sorry, there was this amazing call, but you blew it. You did too much against God and his people, and it's canceled out your call. Not for a moment. In fact, this is what Paul writes later on. He goes this in 1 Timothy 1. Uh, By calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy, even though I used to be a blasphemer and a persecutor and contemptuous. Mercy, however, was shown me, because while I lacked faith, I act in ignorance." 
Come on, that, that, that's a nice expression that's going to get somebody off the hook here today. I lacked faith and I acted in ignorance. Come on, how many would say I lacked faith and I did some dumb stuff growing up? I've done some dumb stuff right now and the rest of us are lying, okay, if you haven't put your hand up. Well, congratulations if you've done some dumb stuff. That's called apostle training. That's what got Paul ready to be an apostle. It, it's actually okay. It does not. So here's the thing. Whether you've done dumb stuff or whether it's been done to you, whether you, you're sitting here today feeling bruised, battered, beaten up by the world, maybe someone's been unfaithful to you, maybe someone walked out on your life, someone betrayed you, rejected you or mistreated you. And there's pain that goes with all of that. And, and I'm sorry that that's what you've experienced. But God can heal all of that. But you know what? None of that changes your value. None of that changes God's call on your life. In fact, in God's uh, brilliant sovereignty, he, he has this ability to take everything and to weave it into the, the tapestry of your life, the fabric of who you are, to line up with your calling at any point. When I turn to Christ and, and I activate God's call on my life, God has the ability to take it and work it for good according to my call and purpose that he has on my life. You might have heard of a, uh, an, an American by the name of Chuck Colson, if you've been around a while. He was, he was like the 2IC to the president, uh, and so he had an ability of leadership in his life, but his calling wasn't yet activated. He hadn't surrendered to Christ, and he got involved in a scandal called the Watergate scandal. And he went to prison, and in prison, he found Christ. And in prison, God took all those abilities that he created him with. And then when he was born again, he was given spiritual gifts from Christ. And, and he realized what, how important it was that prisoners heard the good news about Jesus. And so he started a prison fellowship. And now, what is uh, it's around about 160 countries in the world have a prison fellowship started by this guy called Chuck Colson. That's how God works it. He, he's got this ability to take your mistakes and when you surrender to God, to activate the call that he has and to use it and to turn it for good. It doesn't matter where you're sitting right now today, what mistakes you've made before you're a Christian or as a Christian. If you surrender, you can get back on track again for God's call and God's purpose in your life. Here we are, we learn number five. Are we doing all right here? I'm not going to get through eight, but I'm going to keep going anyway. Number five. The fifth thing we learn about is that God's calling is my calling is permanent. Okay, the fifth thing we learn that my calling is permanent. My calling is permanent. It's not taken away from you. Uh, Romans chapter 11 verse 29 says, God's gifts and his calling are irrevocable. So when you get born again and receive a spiritual gifts from Jesus Christ, your spiritual wiring, those gifts, he, he never takes them off you. They're irrevocable. They're there. Now, now okay, we might go through different seasons. There, there might be a different expressions. We can, we can stuff up and mess up. And, and if we repent and genuinely repent and genuinely get right with God again, we can get back on track with the call that God has. But here we go. The timing might change. The when, the where, the how might change. But my calling does not change. Your calling does not change. Your job might change. Your, jo your, my, your job might alternate in different places. But we remember this. Your job's not your calling. Over the years, I've had heaps of jobs. I've milked cows. 
I've picked vegetables, I've weeded gardens, I've shoveled chook manure and pig manure. Some would say I still shovel a little bit of some sort of manure. I've been an accountant, I've had, I've had a marketing job, I've run a business, and for the last 20 years I've been, been a pastor. Jobs can change all the time. In somewhere in the next 20 years, I'm going to stop being a senior pastor. Does that mean the call of God will finish on my life? Absolutely not. My roles, your role in church might change. Your, your, the team you serve on might change. But it doesn't mean that your calling changes. We just find an expression, a new expression all the time of God's calling on our life. And like I said, there are five different aspects that we're going to dive into over the next uh, six weeks together. God's call for your life is permanence. Number six, and I, want, I do want to nail this one before we go. My calling is connected to others. Your calling is connected, connected to others. You're not going to discover why God created you doing life alone. It is impossible. It's impossible. Ephesians 4 verse 4. We're all one body. We have the same spirit and we have all been called to the same glorious future hope. It's like parts of your body, the Bible talks about this. It's, they're worthless unless they're connected. You, an eyeball is extremely gifted. It's the ability to take light, translate that into, into our brain and see things. But that eyeball disconnected from our eye socket is useless because it has to be connected to function. Your ear is an incredible gift from God. Your ear can take waves, turn them into impulses in your brain, and your brain hears sounds. But if my ear is disconnected from my head, it's just a lump of flesh, unable to fulfill what its calling is. Calling and community go together. You're not going to work out your calling on your own. I'm not going to call that work out my calling on my own. Our, our calling is connected, and it's connected to God's body, the, the body that He places us inside of. We're part of a church family that's a body. My, my relationships are how I'm going to discover my destiny. Your relationships, the people that God divinely connects you to, are the keys to the unfolding of your calling and destiny. That's why the devil attacks your connections and relationships relentlessly. Because he might have given up on the fact that you're going to go to heaven. He might like, oh, I can't fight that. They're pretty locked and loaded. But he'll never give up on trying to stop you in your calling because he knows that will impact more people for their eternity as well. He lies to us. He whispers things. About 12 months before Danielle and I became the senior pastors of this orbit, were asked to become senior pastors, we almost left this church. Lies got into our brain that, and we felt so disconnected. That was our reality your reality is usually your perception it might not be real but it's your perception and so the perception we had was no one really cared about us uh, the devil was whispering lies into our head if we left this church no one would know he was attacking our divine connections he was trying to sabotage our calling say get out of this place get out of this place now if we'd left we might have stalled the progress and the call of God and the goodness of God. We, we, if we'd made the right decisions, we could have come back to our calling. But it would have slowed a lot of things down. So in that moment, 
we just had, we, we made this decision. We just said, we looked at each other and like, no, we're called to be part of this church. We're, we're called to help people who feel disconnected feel connected. Let's be a, a part of that answer. I love what Hebrews 3 verse 1 says. Brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. Holy partners in a heavenly calling. God, in, God has called us and my, my calling is connected to others. The last two, I'm just going to read them out with no points for the sake of time. God empowers what he's called me to do. If he's called me to do it, he'll anoint me. And there's a prize for living out my calling. There is a heavenly reward for living out my calling. I want us to close our eyes right now. Right across this room, watching online in your home, wherever you are, just close your eyes. Father, I thank you for every person listening today. Every person on site, every person online. I'm asking today that we would make that choice to surrender. That your calling and purpose is magnificent for us. We choose to surrender to it today. Thank you. What a glorious thought that you created us before the earth was made with purpose. And that we have the privilege of working that out in community, in your people. Lord, let there be hope come to those who are feeling hopeless. In Jesus' name.